0: Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness one conversation at a time. I'm your host. Lisa Tahir. And if you've been listening, you know that I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist. This is one of my favorite hours of the week. I appreciate you for tuning in, subscribing, and sharing all things therapy with your friends and loved ones. And I'd love to t- connect with you on social media at NOLA therapy. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy on Instagram and Facebook. And that's also my website, nolatherapy.com, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And I am really excited. This is a powerful time in my life where I have been connecting with you in new and different ways. Besides being a podcast host for the last four and a half years, I have stepped into being a guest on shows all over the world, talking about my new book, Coming Out, having to do with healing our deepest core wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness. And my work, my book is endorsed by his holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, which is an honor for me to have received that just acknowledgement of what's important to me, which is helping us to live a happier and healthier life, regardless of where you've been. I've learned in my own life, surviving abuse and trauma and living in disempowerment, rehashing those memories in my own therapeutic process as a client that it was really when I started to tell a new story about my life that things started to change in a concrete and consistent way and really gain momentum. So you can learn more about that at nolatherapy.com. I have a really wonderful guest today, and she is an expert on changing your life. We are with just the brilliant Marissa Pay, PhD. She is the number one bestselling author of Eight Ways to Happiness, from wherever you are. And Dr. Marissa is a sought-after international motivational speaker. She's a consulting organizational psychologist and has done this work for over 28 years. She's worked with Fortune 500 companies. She's the host of her syndicated podcast that was the 2016 Podcast of the Year, and it's called Take My Advice. I'm not using it. Get Balanced with Dr. Marissa. Marissa. And Dr. Marissa has been doing this for over eight years. And we're going to hear from her how eight is a powerful number. It has to do with manifestation and good fortune. Dr. Marissa's mission is to help 8 million people get 88% happier in the next eight years. And she herself is known as the Asian Oprah. And when Oprah herself met her, really confirmed that. And and you're going to see why. You're going to feel it through this show and her personality. (laughs) And Dr. Marissa, I just welcome you to the show. And thank you for taking your time out today. Absolutely. I'm
2: happy to be here. And uh, grateful. And so it was actually a very memorable time. Michael Bernard Beckwith actually uh, introduced me to Oprah and said, "This is the Asian Oprah." So yeah. it was a a very um, like really <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of stuck, and it's been great on red carpets when I interview people who have no clue who I am. So when I say that I uh, also know the as Asian Oprah to Halle Berry or John Travolta, it just really breaks the ice it and does. allows them to sort of uh, laugh a little, and we all laugh, and then the whole interview is a lot different. So I'm grateful that that happened.
0: Absolutely. Dr. Marissa, you know, in learning about you and your work, I my introduction today of myself was a little different, sharing that I... I'm a survivor of childhood trauma as well because you have spoken about that on your public media channels that you're a survivor of childhood trauma. And your mother was a tiger mom. Your parents are from China. You grew up in this, you know, very perfectionistic type household from what I gathered with a lot of critical thinking that you adopted within your own mind. And you've been able to shift. That and really be an expert on how we can create happiness in our lives. Is that accurate?
2: Yes, yeah, it's interesting. I what I did not uh, necessarily share it until the book came out because eight ways to happiness from wherever you are is. I am also an organizational psychologist, so people think that I wrote a book on happiness from the perspective of a psychologist, and mm. actually. I, I write it from the vantage point of being one out of the seven or sorry, one of the seven out of 10 of us who have had childhood trauma. And my honorable moniker, Oprah says it's as high as eight out of 10. Some psychologists are saying it's as high as 93%. So it began by asking the question, if we are the majority who've had childhood trauma then why do we think there's something wrong with us? Why do we think like we're never going to get ahead? We're never going to be happy. We're never, we don't deserve anything. Why is it, if we're the majority and usually majority rules, why is that so? And so that question led me to write the book, which is a a, a, a cross between I'm okay, you're okay, you're still okay, and uh, don't sweat the small stuff and the big stuff. Because the big stuff really is what holds us back from claiming our birthright to be happy 88% of the time. And so you had mentioned eight, eight's a lucky number in Chinese. It's a homonym for good fortune. So double eight is, it is our double good fortune to be happy in life today. And so for the majority of us, who are suffering under this past pain, it becomes tantamount, especially now, to say, hold on a second. If I'm the majority and there's nothing wrong with me, then what am I dragging into my present and future from my past that is continuing to have me choose unhappiness? So taking ownership, and there's lots of exercises in that book, I promise if you do all the exercises, you will never hate
0: yourself the same way again. Mm, So good. (laughs) It is our birthright. Dr. Marissa, one of the tools from your book that really struck me because it it really uh, spoke to... My immediate reaction, where you talk about in your balance tools, feeling it fully, and where you even ask for people to describe in great detail, like... For instance, like the bottomless pit, that hole we might fall in when the depression, you know, starts to take over. And you ask, I think even like, what color is it? Is it it moist or what does it feel like? Can you talk to us some about this? Because it was like, wow, to really make it that, to really look in that detail, it takes its power away in in such an immediate way.
2: Yeah. So... It is the, one of the foundation points because I believe that we have been led down a garden path because we think there's something wrong with us, that we feel like either you go to the one extreme of I have to suffer with this for the rest of my life and go to therapy once a week and uh, you know continue to drag it in and continue to be impacted by it and continue to feel and we'll never get over it it's always what happened to us and never what happens for us the other extreme is what i did which is what pain what abuse what trauma i'm fine you know everybody has some crap in their path pull yourself up by the bootstraps and plow on and achieve as much as you can and and do something that will earn you the respect that you think you deserve And that way is called repression, as you know, or just complete denial, which uh, ends up with what you do not deal with will come back and deal with you. So I am an executive coach as an organizational psychologist, and I work with, you know, these brilliant executives who make a brilliant amount of money and are uh, very successful. And many of them come to that midlife, what I call opportunity instead of crisis. And they go from being completely capable to completely crying all the time, edgy, pushing people away. And they don't understand that all of this garbage that they have been pushing down for their entire lives, if you push down garbage long enough with a lever in a garbage disposal truck, the garbage will liquefy. And then if you press the liquid, it goes into gas. So I've got all these clients walking around leaking gas. And the problem is they can't smell it, but everybody around them can smell it. So here we go with the, the impact of not dealing with So there's over dealing with it, and then there's no dealing with it. So the middle ground, the balance is people ask me all the time, you know, how much of this do I have to deal with? And I say, all of this one time all the way through, and then you never have to allow that to bring you down. Now, that doesn't mean you don't remember things. I recently had something happen where someone banged on my door really loud at one in the morning, scared mm. me. And it took me back to dark closets and, uh, you know, really horrific kinds of pain. And for a moment, I went back there. It's not to say that you will never feel past pain. But the way you feel it, because you have absolutely gone into that black hole that everybody has in front of them, and you reach down into that black hole and you take your stick and you pound, you realize that you're not going to be Humpty Dumpty and fall and break and never come back together again. You actually can reach the bottom. You can feel the sides. You can scoop out the shiitake that you later use as fertilizer to grow the seed that you are. That exercise in going into the pain one last time is so valuable because then you are not the pain.
0: And Dr. Marissa, what you're saying... Resonates so deeply with me and in writing my own book on healing core wounds. It's it, through the four years I've spent to research and really be with this material and exploring it so deeply and personally, like turning over every stone, wanting to find an option and a solution to going beyond, rehashing troubling memories, like what's the next evolution of psychology and healing, and in meditation, receiving Chiron, the wounded healer archetype, the the minor planet in astronomy, and looking to how that identifies one of 12 wounds. And when we really get familiar with our vulnerability, with the parts of our lives that we edit or hide, that we felt shame about, don't want anyone else to see, we don't even want to see it. When we really take it out to the light of love and compassion, it's when we are triggered by, to go to those places. It's not as deep. And for myself, I'm able to really shift out of it more quickly and act from love instead of acting from that wounded place, which has been just remarkable for me. Can you speak? We were just speaking to that point. So I'm just totally in agreement. Yeah. And seeing that in your own, in the people that you work with.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, you know, there's no one way to heal your, you know, my, my methodology that works for myself and my clients, you're introducing another one, you know, it's not important to me if you, I mean, it would be great if you bought my book and it did go number one bestseller on Amazon and number four on Denver Post Yeah, and hit bestseller list and I'm grateful for that and four book medals and I got to do a tour before COVID hit Uh, through countries and every major bookstore in America, in Canada.
0: So cool. It
2: is not, it is not, my my book is not the only way. It's not important that you uh, 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 look for the truth in one way. It's important that you look for what is going to heal you. And I think this is another BS, a belief system that gets in our way because we we you know, no, we argue, this is no, this is this is, doesn't work and, and that works and, and I'm gonna follow this and I'm gonna do it. And, and you know what? That's not BS. It's a belief system that keeps you arguing about what isn't working. I'm also a student besides uh, that of my big brother Michael Bernard. That's with that agape is uh, the law of attraction. And we absolutely continue to, to step on our own feet when we look at what is wrong instead of looking at what is right, what is good. And in this time when things are all flexed up, it is vitally important that we exercise our muscles to be able to discern with clarity what works best for us. So I don't care. I'd love for you to get the book because proceeds go to Habitat for Humanity as well as my new nonprofit yes. uh, uh, that helps kids. But but the most important thing is that you heal. You're in this body. You are in this joy ride of life to absolutely juice and have the best experiences that you possibly can. We are all spiritual beings having a human experience, but we forget and we get caught up in this BS and this drama that takes us from the exploration and excavation and chiseling of ourselves so that we can have an amazing uh, joyride in this thing called life with amazing stops. But we forget Everything we deal with and talk about is what is wrong with me and you and the world and politics. And, and it's like, wow, I don't have time for that. I know I'm here for a limited time. I got lined up with everybody else that wanted to come down to Earth for a little joy ride. Yes. I do not want to waste one working minute. Not one. <laughs> you know, I don't want to wait till this pandemic is over. Why am I going to write off 2020? I still have two, uh, uh, two full months. Yes. To do things, to create, to respect, to laugh, to to uh, invent, to write. I mean, so much to do, and we have to collectively and individually, you know, grab life by the bottom. This is our life. You're not going to get this again. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's good, and you
2: know,
0: <laughs> you know my soapbox. You know, I I'm liking your soapbox, and one of the things I'm excited about is that I'm seeing people be less attached to a paradigm or a person. And your book specifically is is based upon just foundational truths where where you're offering people the power of our choice to choose happiness, to focus on the good, to stop comparing. The practice of gratitude and generosity and, you know, not pursuing physical possessions. Like your work is based on some psychological and spiritual truths that are so general. I feel like it, it applies to everyone and is why it's been such a success. Can you talk Thank to us you. about that?
2: I, You're welcome. Yeah. And let's just, um, I'm the most materialistic spiritual person you will ever meet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
2: Because, because I, I believe, uh, just like Esther Hicks, that, um, you know, material wealth and nice things and uh, fun things that cost money are all part of life as much as the internal and the ethereal love and peace and joy. You know, it is that. It's the fullness of, this is a buffet line. So, you know, uh, it's another BS that we say, you know, only spiritually minded. We're in a physical body. I will definitely cannot wait for the day that I have so much money energy that I can get, uh, you know, my hair done every morning by someone else and get a scalp massage and have, you know, transportation that does not require me to wait in traffic or, you know, I mean, there's so many things that money, energy, and there's nothing wrong with that, that can allow us to really have an amazing life. Now at the same time, on the other hand, uh, you've got clients that would, that would say, uh, Dr. Marissa, could you just have, you know, soldiers with one hand? <laughs> because on the other hand, if you're so physically consumed that you're not understanding that you really are the love that you've been looking for, then all of those things that are outside of you materially are not going to make you happy either. So the balance, which is why I'm all about balance is always in, you know, start from the inside out, but anytime you have your critics say you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. Well, you're never going to amount to anything we—that is our work. We are our worst enemies: the perfectionists, the "I'll be happy when." All of that doesn't come from anywhere. You can blame media. You can blame computer games. You can blame blah blah blah. At the if if you really want a life that is amazing, you got the butt stops right over here. Where have I advocated my ability to take my time, which is the most valuable resource I have. Why do I take that time to call someone who has the same problem for the last three years with the same person and nothing you ever say to them makes the difference. And they'll go to somebody and come back to you and say, Oh my God, I just read the most amazing book that said blah, blah. And you're like, I've been telling you this for three years. Who is the one to change here? Is it that person? Absolutely not. As Don Miguel, and I I was grateful to interview him, Don Miguel Ruiz. Everybody has their own, they are the star in their own show. And you will never make them a supporting actor or actress. So quit trying to get people to see where you're coming from, to agree with you, to to applaud you, to, be, to, you know, you are the only one who can soothe and validate yourself so that you're not constantly running around life with antenna up going, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you like me? Do you respect me? What award? It's amazing exhausting existence. So that first thing is, take a deep breath through the nose, and release, ah, soft shoulders, soft elbows, soft knees, another deep breath in, and releasing ah, all the stories and the drama, yours and theirs, and one more deep breath in. Connecting with me through qi, eternal energy, the breath of life that connects us all, reminding us that we are part of the magnificence of life with a capital L, that we are the only ones who can really make a difference in our own happiness. If we take responsibility and say, you know what? there's a beautiful African-American saying that says no enemy outside of us can hurt us when there is no enemy within. No one outside of me can ever say anything to hurt my feelings. If I don't already have some level of self doubt and discrimination and hatred for something about me. That's why one of the other foundation exercises is about being 88% good with who you are. And people have not done this work, so the only time they feel good about themselves is if they've accomplished something or if someone gives them a compliment. And that, my friends, is a horrible way to judge yourself. But if I can be absolutely understanding that I am 88% fabulous, I am creative, I am funny, I am uh, uh, a good singer-songwriter, I have uh, the ability to be shy, just kidding, sarcasm in another service uh-huh. that I offer, uh, I'm a good communicator, I'm a good connector, and then I also know that I am judgmental, critical, and impatient. And those three things my mom had, and I swore up and down I would never be like my mother but I am. She was my primary role model and she did the very best that she could. And so that's the part of me that's not perfect. And I'm okay with it. When I step in it, I just had something happen. You know, someone talking bad behind my back and I lost a good night's sleep over it. How could they, the principle of this, why would they, I can't believe they did that. And then it's like, I texted my big brother because I was doing my mind your own business on Monday uh, uh, broadcast right before I went on. I said, you know, I, I, I'm, (laughs)
1: grudges and I can't mm.
2: let go of this.
1: Guy. Mm. And Michael Bernard
2: Beck would text me back a minute before the broadcast and says holding grudges is heavy lifting. And it just snapped me out and completely, and I used the example of that what had happened and went step by step in how to work through when someone talks bad about you. And it's yes. not,
0: it doesn't stop at saying, if I look like you, I'd be miserable too. <laughs> right. Can you repeat, can you repeat what Reverend Michael said? The last part of it, it was a little hard he to said, hear. He said,
2: holding grudges is heavy
0: lifting. Lifting, lifting. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to make sure yeah. listeners heard that full statement. Absolutely, and and
2: here's why I call him my big brother. The very first time I bumped into him, the very first time I was at Agape, he bumped into me, looked at me, and he said, "Hey, little sister," and I thought that he said that to everybody, but I later found out he wasn't. And I call him my big brother because he was able to, after decades of holding on to the the horrible uh, uh, experiences that I had in my childhood that I blamed everybody. And then uh, like many abused kids, you choose mates who absolutely replicate. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they don't beat you, but there's that feeling tone of unworthiness that continues because that's what you really truly believe about yourself. So I did that. And uh, now I'm happily divorced and it cost me quite a few millions. So, but it, you know, everything, between what happened as a child and what happened as an adult was there to chisel me, was there to allow me to be this 88% fabulous person that I am now. And I would not change the divorce. I would not change the abuse. I don't change any of it because then I would not be who I am. That, my friends, is the ticket to having a happy life, an 88% happy life. And everybody can get there. Every single, I don't care how bad your trauma was, you too deserve to claim your birthright of happiness. You are loving, lovable, and loved. You are wrapped in a warm blanket of worthiness, no matter what your head says.
0: Dr. Marissa, I want to go back to a few minutes ago where you shared something that I had written down myself in blue ink on my paper um, to share with listeners from your book, the quote that you, uh, from your book that says, when there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. The African proverb. And The importance and the significance of that, especially in our culture and in our world where we we are inundated daily with people, messages, and it really is up to us to be a selective sifter of what is coming through and what we actually allow inside of us. And I'm a student as well of Abraham Hicks in every aspect of my life. And listeners, if you don't know the work of Abraham Hicks, Google Google run don't walk i offer specific teachings to even my clients dr marissa when i feel like there's a resonance that it really is about us co-creating with non-physical energy the lives that we want to live and it starts and ends within our own mind and within our own heart can you speak some more to that please for us well it is you know we we grew up in a culture where um We are
2: taught, you make me happy. And so we think that we have that power not only to make or break someone's happiness, but they also have the power to make or break our happiness. And the truth of the matter is, we are 100% in control of our own happiness. We may not like what someone says to us. We might not like what somebody does to us. But then after it happens, it is our choice. To either drag that crap into a daily burden where you're looking for someone to validate all those horrible things that were told to you by people who didn't know better. And this is and this is the the key is like our job as human beings is just to do a little better than the ones that preceded us. That's mm-hmm. gross. That's expansion for us, and you know, talking about energy. And um, I myself, I call myself a reluctant woo woo, and uh, I, I looked at some of your. You're definitely more woo woo than I. Okay, <laughs> yeah, tell me
0: about that. A reluctant woo woo. I love it.
2: You know, it's it's I I, I teach tai chi and qigong, and I teach them at the 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 silent meditation retreats my big brother puts on. And I absolutely understand energy and I believe in energy, but there's a lot of people who get a little freaked out when we start talking about, ooh, you know, like what's the energy vampires or energy Mm. from the other side or, Mm -hmm. you know, spirits that are talking to you. And I'm I'm not saying that they don't exist. I absolutely they uh, do, uh, do believe that they exist but I also I'm kind of like the bridge between the 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 ancient wisdom new thought I've always been that you know healthy skepticism but at the same time understanding the role of energy the that we are energetic beings so again it speaks to there's no one way you know, exactly. if you are Reiki and you're good at it and you know what you're doing and you're there to help people connect with their energy, go for it. If you're a person that is connecting with someone who finds it much easier to talk in logic and reason, and for them, that's what they need in order to heal, then good. for. So so again, we have to get over this bullshit that there's <laughs> only one way. There are so many more ways to be who we really are. And if we can stop arguing about the only way, and you're stupid, if you think that, we will actually become humankind. We will actually uh, capitalize kindness. You know, I, I got to meet the Dalai Lama and as well and his religion is kindness. And, and if we, you know, especially right now, this is coming out a week uh, and, and a bit after the election. So uh, I'm getting a lot of criticism because I'm still talking about, okay, make, do your vote wherever you are, whoever wins. Now let's collectively work at those things that we all agree on. Ending racism, ending sexism, ending, you know, we may have different ideas on how to do that, but let's stop with the um, I'm I'm this color and you're that color and I'm a better color than you. I had Jane Elliott on my show who's a brilliant, amazing. She was on Jimmy Fallon a couple months ago and the Table Talk uh, with, um, um, oh gosh, I just re- forgot her name. Uh, Pinkett Smith and, and, uh, you know, Jane Elliott, she's 86. She's been, she's been talking about the fact that white people are just faded black people. We all came from, uh, yes. that mother, you know? So, yes. so this is a time in our history and we may or may not do it. And I'm not, you know, I, I spoke to the, um, the woman's March, uh, foundation and, and I love, I love the energy that um, propels activism. I love the passion, but I feel like um, whenever we're hating uh, anything, whenever we're hating the other, whenever we're we're so angry, or mothers against anything mm, against yes. anything, we're pushing furthering against, furthering the hatred, right? Furthering the fight. So we have to get to that. That's why. I'm sure you've seen me do peace in, peace out. I've had, you know, yes. Jones, uh, do the, all of my guests, all of the people in the carpet, they all do a peace sign and they do peace in, peace out world peace through inner peace, because that's my BS. My belief system is we'll never get to world peace until we are 88% at peace with ourselves. That is, has nothing to do with what's in media. That has nothing to do with what's on TV. That has nothing to do with the violence in games. That has nothing to do with, uh, uh, um, you know, guns okay, not okay. It starts here. And if I can be okay with myself 88% of the time, then I am in a place where I can just manage the hula hoop space around me. That means every person that I come up with and, and I just, just jogged my memory on a question I haven't answered that you asked before. How do you take feedback when people are going to come at you? That, that my friends is, is so easy if you are 88% good with yourself because mm. when you hear something that is absolutely foreign to your knowing about yourself, when someone says to me, you're not caring, I know for a fact, that I'm caring. When someone says to me, my husband said to me, every single day we were married, you're not funny.
1: Mm-hmm. And when I would
2: say I had 5,000 people in the audience say I was funny, he'd say, oh, they're just trying to make you feel good or they have no wow. humor. And I ate it. I oh. accepted that as the truth. One of the best gifts of divorce is owning my funniness. I am fourteen funny. Yes. I love the sound of people's laughter. I love making, you know, wordplay and getting a good laugh. I love that. That's one of the things that makes me absolutely thrilled and happy and delirious and wonder and bliss. Now, I also know that I do step in it because sometimes I don't, I lack the discernment of when to hold and when to fold. So when someone says to me, you know, you you can't always just insert yourself. Then I know, oh, that is a part of me. That is something that I have a habit of doing. Now, do I want to throw that part of me away or beat myself up for that? No, because number one, that's 12% of my imperfection. And number two, I wouldn't have the platform, I wouldn't have the 2016 uh, Podcast of the Year Award, Top 10 in Health, had I not been this, you know, and I learned, I used to talk so much on my own show in the first year, and then people would say, oh my gosh, you talk so much, and you know, I heard it, and I went, yep. I do, and I modified as much as I could, and I still do. Thank God I'm on your show, and I can talk as much as I want. Totally. But I absolutely, you know, I get to own the stuff and not beat myself up. Oh, I'm in my 12%. Oh, I'm in my 12%, and it's okay. If we can all do that, what would our world be like? Yeah.
0: You know, Dr. Marissa, I've wanted to have you on my podcast from a couple of years ago when I saw you at Agape and I've just been kind of feeling into when is the right (laughs) time and it just manifested for today. And so my last question I have for you, and it's relatively simple, but I also think some of the simplest questions contain, contain great wisdom. Do you have some, a few strategies, techniques or practices for us, for listeners, for me to increase our happiness?
2: Yes, absolutely. The one I already gave you, which is those three deep breaths to connect you with yourself. That's number one. That's the fastest one. The second one is take a bite of my gratitude sandwich. So first thing in the morning, instead of reaching for your phone and starting the little scroll, you sit up in bed. If you're with someone, don't wake them up. You do this on your own and you just sit. You take those three breaths and then you do At the top of the day, eight specific things that you're grateful for. Dr. Wayne Dyer, beloved teacher who's on the other side now, said five. I'm an overachiever. Eight's a lucky number in Chinese. So I say eight specific things, and you cannot say family or friends. So this morning, I'm grateful for the warmth in the air today. I'm grateful that I have a convertible that I can... Uh, feel mm. it. I'm grateful that medical technology is going to replace my hip. I'm grateful that I have a great doctor. I'm grateful that my daughters are coming to visit this weekend. I'm grateful that I have friends who are, have offered, offered to help when I go into the hospital on the 23rd. I'm grateful that I have um, so many platforms with which to splatter more hope and happiness. And I'm so grateful for that coffee with my cinnamon Mm. vanilla creamer from Coffee Mate that I found at a store because they were sold out. So those are eight specific things that I was grateful for this morning. And then here's the ticket. At the end of the night, before I go to bed, instead of thinking about all the things that I forgot to do or didn't get to or should have done, blah, blah, blah blah. I do my eight appreciations. What are eight specific things that I appreciate about myself? This Mm. is the muscle that has to be strong enough to overcome all of the BS that we were told, don't toot your own horn, don't be all that, don't, you know, there's a Chinese saying, the nail that stands up is hammered down, all of that conditioning, that selfish is not good.
0: Everyone, I appreciate Dr. Marissa taking her time to be with us today. You can find her online. Her website is Dr. DR Marissa, dot life. Dr. Marissa dot life. You can follow her on Instagram at doc. Balance DOC balance on Facebook at Dr. Marissa, and I just really appreciate you tuning in. If you like what you've heard today, I invite you to become my patron through the crowdfunding campaign I have on patreon.com. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash all things therapy, you can see the different tiers of subscription and support. Please. Give me a rating and a review on iTunes, on Google Play, and follow me at NOLA Therapy on Facebook and Instagram. I want to interact. I want to know the questions. You'd love to have me answer on this show. I am available. My book, my empowerment class online, everything is at NOLA Therapy. And just a big thank you to Dr. Marissa Pay today for being my guest I wish you a wonderful week, everyone, and I'll be with you next week. Bye.
1: You're listening to All Things Therapy.